if you're looking for a podcast to give you the perfect definition for what wassailing is or wassailing that too um, actually um, some of my music nerd friends and I got into a discussion about this mm-hmm. um, um, because um, the noun like the punch is wassail mm-hmm. but because of the rhythm of the song the verb um, we would sing as wassailing mm-hmm. wassail wassail it's yeah so this is clearly not the podcast for that no <laughs> it is not <laughs> that may maybe that's the most n- music nerd thing you've ever heard but no no the I, thing before we started yeah. is more music nerd i knew what i was opening myself up for with this one but okay. uh but yeah no this isn't that podcast no. this is however comedy tragedy marriage marriage And wassail. And and wassail. Uh, welcome to Comedy Tragedy Marriage, a podcast where a longtime married couple sits down each week taking turns selecting a movie, TV show, or documentary to watch. We watch it together, and then we sit down to discuss why we liked it, loved it, or loathed it, and then share that discussion with you. I am Stan the Movie Man. I review films at StanTheMovieMan.com. My latest review is for Avatar The Way of Water. You can follow me on Twitter, as long as that platform exists, um, at MovieManStand. You can follow the podcast at CT Marriage. You can get in touch with us. Just uh, send us an email. Perhaps you have a suggestion for something you'd like us to watch. Send that to ComedyTragedyMarriage at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voice message by clicking the link in the description of this episode. Joining me as always is the star atop my christmas tree my other half um maude the christmas 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 broad okay uh we are uh wrapping up our holiday episodes uh it was my choice this week and i selected a christmas story Christmas. Hence all the Christmases. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it is a uh, legacy sequel, as it's described in uh, oh. Wikipedia. Interesting. To a Christmas story from 1983. Uh, it stars uh, the uh, actor who played Ralphie, Peter Billingsley, as an adult. Uh, Ralph. Ralph. Um, also, it stars, um, let's see here, uh, Aaron Hayes, uh, Julie Haggerty, Ian Petrella, Scott Schwartz, R.D. Robb, Zach Ward, and more. Um, it is the story of Ralphie heading back to um, his home. In Homan, Indiana. In Homan, Indiana. Uh, he and his family, his wife and his two children live in Chicago, and he is trying to get a book published. He has taken, they they saved up as much money as they could, uh, and he has taken a year off to write this magnum opus, uh, a 2,000 page, what I think is a science fiction novel. Well, yeah, it's it's Neptune Oblivion. Yeah, Um, and nobody is interested in it. It is too long by at least double 
and possibly way four more times. Yeah. Um, and um, he he wants to get a publisher by the end of the year, or he's going to go back to working uh, what he refers to as his rat race job. Uh, but um, despite the fact that times are tough for the uh, Ralphie family, um, they are looking forward to Christmas when his parents will be coming to uh, Chicago to uh, spend Christmas with them. To have a big city Christmas. Yes. Now um, we need to we need to back up just a little bit and explain that um, the time frame for this film is Christmas 1973. It opens with uh, the voiceover of Ralphie talking about ah uh, it's you know 1973 and you know talking about the harvest gold and avocado green color scheme in the kitchen and um, the fashions and you know a lot of the cultural references from the time speak to 1973 so that's where we are and and uh, his sideburns as well yeah yeah very large sideburns um but they get a phone call from ralphie's mom saying that the old man who was played in the original movie by darren mcgavin has died yeah um and so they decide to pack up their 66 plymouth and drive to home in indiana um, and, you know, for the funeral and to be with his mom and to spend Christmas mm -hmm. with her. Um, she seems rather, she, she's not grieving, really. I mean, there's no really, there's not a scene of her grieving she's in this movie. She's just a plurky, a plucky Midwestern, you know, woman. <laughs> She's played by Julie Haggerty, um, who uh, Melinda Dillon replaces was, Melinda yeah, Dillon. was the um, original mom in the original Christmas Story movie. And I'm like, what, did Melinda Dillon die? And you looked it up and said she was retired? She had retired from acting uh, in 2007. Okay, so and it's been a while. And she, she wasn't interested in coming back. So, hmm. um, so they, they go to Indiana and... The, uh, the car is not in good shape. Needs it a radiator. Needs a radiator. Um, and uh, Ralphie f patches it using what he refers to as a Midwest omelet mm. uh, by cracking an egg in the radiator. And apparently as it cooks, it patches holes. Which is, you know, really janky, but clever. Yeah, I, I, I personally would rather not do something like I that. I would rather not either, but this is 1973, and he grew up raised by the old man. The and old you man. know that the old man totally taught him this trick and sanctioned it. And Yeah, uh, so the story is just about, oh, when they get to, to uh, his house, his mom... Um, tasks him with uh, giving the family the best possible Christmas ever, um, which was sort of what Ralphie's dad's job was for his whole life. He was so into Christmas, despite the fact that he had a very short fuse and a uh, um, a 
PG version of a foul mouth <laughs> and uh, would uh, cuss a blue streak over anything that went wrong. Um, but he did love Christmas. Mm -hmm. And um, so Ralphie agrees to do what he can to make this as great a Christmas as it can possibly be. And he immediately, um, you know, decide you know he immediately thinks oh this was a very bad idea he regrets it the second it comes out of his mouth she also tasks him with writing his father's eulogy or his his the father's obituary. obituary which becomes a big plot point yeah as as the the story goes on um this is available to stream right now on hbo max you can stream the original there as well as well as a uh, the off-brand sequel uh, that has none of the cast from the original film in it. Um, and something I didn't realize, that this is part of um, an eight-part, like, saga. Um, it's considered part of the um, Parker Family Saga franchise, which has been... Who even knew? been radio uh, plays and uh, a musical stage production and then a live TV version of that musical stage production. An unaired pilot, you an said. Unaired, an unaired pilot for a television show and um, a bunch of uh, two, two theater movies and then a direct-to-video movie and this movie and it there's it, there's just a bunch of stuff that I was completely unaware of. Me too, and uh, it kind of makes me curious to see what some of the other stuff is. Now, neither of us until a few years ago had seen a Christmas Story mm -hmm. from 1983, mm -hmm. and I kind of always wondered, you know, I mean, because there people are rabid about this. It's like. The, it's the first thing they want to watch the minute Thanksgiving's over and, you know, TBS or somebody ran a 24-hour Christmas story-a-thon for uh -huh. years and years and years. Like Christmas Eve to Christmas Day. Yeah, and, you know, it, it just, it's become a huge cornerstone of a lot of families' holiday traditions. It wasn't anything, I mean, like, you know, it was 19, Christmas of 83 I guess when it came out I'm not sure so I would out. have been you know sophomore in college if that was the case um, I just it was something that never you know burned in my soul that I needed to see it so I, I hadn't watched it until you and I watched it a few years ago mm -hmm. or a couple of years ago or however many years ago it's been. Uh, it was released in uh, November, late November of 83. Of 83. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I was a sophomore in college and um, I just, I, it was not on my radar. And so we wanted to see what the hubbub was. I had always heard about it and, you know, about, you know, you'll put your eye out and, yeah. uh, with his uh, Red Rider. Uh, BB gun, 200 shot BB gun, mm -hmm. and um, was it a BB gun or was it pellet rifle? I believe it was a BB gun, and uh, you know, I had seen bits and pieces over the, bunny the suit. years, the bunny, the pink bunny suit, and um, 
the, the Ovaltine, the, uh, Little Orphan Annie. He uh, he had a decoder ring that he'd sent away for that he got, and um, they would give you this code uh, during the show, and you had to write write it down and use the decoder Orphan ring. Annie? Yeah, I think so. Um, Orphan Annie wasn't a spy. Well, she was involved in, in, you know, not because she was a spy, but because, you know, Daddy Warbucks, um, and there, and it was during, you know, I believe it was during World War II when this was on, mm. or just after, and um, they would, they would get mixed up in some spy stuff. Okay. But anyway. Anyway. They had a decoder ring, and uh, he, he got all agitated because he... He, he listened and he paid attention and it was this supposed to be this important message and all the message was was, was drink Ovaltine. Drink Ovaltine, yeah. And he was furious about that. And then there was the, the shtick about the kid licking the frozen flagpole yeah, and getting his getting, tongue stuck. Getting stuck to the pole. Yeah. And, and uh, Scott Farkas being his bully. Um, and uh, you know. I'm sorry, if I had gone to school with a kid named Scott Farkas, I would have been the bully, and it would have been my mission in life to make that kid cry on the daily. I just, Scott Farkas, come on. He had those yellow eyes. He still has those yellow eyes because yeah. we... we a apparently, he does still have those yellow eyes. We, we run into uh, Scott Farkas We do. We run in into movie. a lot of the, uh, the old hometown crowd. Yes. Uh, pretty much all of his immediate circle of friends... The adult actors from of the kids who played them in the movie did they all are, come back? Several of them did, oh, yeah. Because like Ralphie did. Um, that's sweet. Schwartz and um, and Flick um, and Scott Farkas <laughs> and um, Scott Farkas. That's just funny. And you know there were the the the. Two guys at the bar that he was with the most. Mm -hmm. um, those were the adult actors from the original movie. Cool. Um, okay. So you know it. It's a story about him going through this. You know, there's very little grief really, other than right at the very beginning when he gets told. Yeah. Uh, about his father's death and then the rest of the movie is just about him trying to figure out how to get this book published um, and how to make Christmas, Christmas great for yeah. his, his kids and his wife and his mother uh, and try to live up to his father's reputation as uh, a Christmas guy and you know, there's probably plenty to to nitpick and fuss about as far as the story because the father's death just until he actually writes something about you know the obituary. The obituary, yeah. Which really isn't an obituary. Um, you know, there's there's not that much about how they're dealing with the death of the old man. Um, Except for one thing, casseroles. Well, yes. Uh, uh, the neighbors have brought uh, Ralphie's mom all these 
casseroles that are made from indistinguishable various oh, types of foods mystery meat and whatnot and, and mayonnaise and ketchup oh, and cooked mayonnaise <laughs> and uh you know all, all kinds of stuff which becomes sort of a running joke through through the through the film um and you know it, it's more about ralphie dealing with his own feelings of inadequacy that he's a failure because he can't get this book published yeah and, and he's come home and people think he's this big time writer and his even his mom apparently is unaware of you know the struggles he's having getting this book published because he, he hasn't told her um and and uh, there's a series of misadventures uh, huh. with the car or with the Christmas presents. The Bumpuses and their dogs. The, the Bumpuses with their two hellion, um, well, the, the neighborhood bullies uh, that are actually Farkas's kids who are riding around on... Um, a, a snowmobile. Yeah, a freaking sweet snowmobile. And um, they're, uh, they run over any, any snowman that they see in the neighborhood uh, and destroy it. Ralphie seems to see a lot of his childhood being played out with, like, the Bumpus Hell Dogs next door and um, the mean kids on the snowmobile with, you know running down his own kid's snowmobile in his, you know, childhood home. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of, like, in in 1973, where this movie takes place, um, the, the expression adulting sucks had not been coined yet. <laughs> no. But there's a lot of adulting sucks. Um, colored by humor, yeah. of course, in yeah. this film. I would, you know, this is hardly... Um, I mean, yeah, the opening sequence reveals a death in the family, mm. but it's hardly melodrama. Um, and much like, if I remember correctly, there's a lot of voiceover in the original Christmas story. Yes, and there's a lot in this one. And there's well. a lot in this one as well. It's actually Peter Billingsley mm. doing the voiceover mm. this time. Um, but it's, um, it's a lot of, there are not a a lot of nods to the original yes. in this one, which I think, you know, they they wanted to do fan service with this film oh, and yeah. they and they were successful. And they even in the closing credits Oh yeah. They put pictures side by side of the original film and the scene from the film, the new film, how they were recreating essentially that same scene. Yeah. The 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 thing was the parallels between young Ralphie and adult Ralphie. Yeah, and and he and he brings out his little evil giggle um, as well, hmm. which I kind of enjoyed. Um, so you know, if are you hearing anything from um, the Christmas story purists about how they feel about this one way or the other? Or no. do you know any purists? I, I, I don't. Um, and I the, the fact that 
you know, it's on HBO Max sort of limits its audience. Mm. Um, so the outrage machine on the internet is tempered a bit. Mm. Um, and, you know, nobody was clamoring for a, a, sequel. A, a sequel to A Christmas Story. Um, and uh, I was listening to a podcast and it was brought up uh, that there was going to be a sequel and they had seen the first trailer for it. And, you know, the general consensus was, this looks stupid. Mm. So, uh, I don't know that it. I don't know that it was going to generate a lot of controversy anyway, because mm. even though there are people who who love a Christmas story, the fact that Billingsley was back and a lot of the actors who were the the kids in the original mm-hmm. movie, um, and you know, of course, Darren McGavin passed away fifteen years ago. Yeah. And um, Melinda Dillon wasn't going to be in it, but I don't know that that would generate the sort of passion um, and internet outrage that uh, something like, you know, release the Snyder cut of Justice League, the way that turned into this big social media platform uh, protest. Mm. Um, which, as it turns out, was mostly generated by bots. But it apparently got the job done since they ended up releasing the Snyder Cut. Um, On HBO Max, by the way. Incidentally. Incidentally. So, I I just don't know that that A Christmas Story is a property that's going to generate that sort of passion. Um, But I'm glad they made the movie. I am too. Um, because I found it very enjoyable, even, you know, sort of cranked up the tear ducts in a couple places near the end. It w- There were poignant moments, and it was um, funny mm-hmm. and sweet mm-hmm. and charming. Yeah, the, the little, the, the daughter was... Uh, Ralph's daughter. I liked her. I I liked her too, but she was a little too. She was sort of that sitcom daughter that's smarter than every other adult in the room, um, and you know she you know it it she was maybe written a little too um, too wise for her years, even. Um, even though she got real upset when she thought that Santa Claus wouldn't come because there wasn't an angel at the top of the Christmas tree, that, that at Ralphie's house they had a star. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that turns into a pivotal thing, too. Yes, yes. Stars versus angels, what do we do? Oh, my gosh. Yes, so uh, it, 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 you know, there, there are things to nitpick about this movie if you want to or you can just accept it for what it is which is a sequel to a holiday classic that involves a lot of the same people at least on the actor side billingsley uh helped to write the story that the script was based on um and and billingsley's kind of a a, a behind the scenes movie guy Mm mm-hmm 
Um, yeah. He's like a, a producer or a lawyer or something. Um, well, and he's also um, the Beaver's mom's nephew, which I was looking up Peter Billingsley, and one of the little bits of trivia that I found is that Barbara Billingsley, who played the mother in Leave It to Beaver, um, is his aunt. Mm-hmm. So they they were something of a showbiz kind of family, the Billingsleys. Um, so he, um, you know, he's 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 been in the movie business his whole life practically just not he, a whole lot in front of the camera he uh he got his first role in a a geritol commercial when he was two. Oh wow um uh, that's got that's a resume builder right there <laughs> and he was in a, a bunch of other movies as a as a kid and then he he's been sort of behind the scenes in in other movies i have to so. say i it's it's amazing how recognizable his face is from you know nine or ten year old ralphie to current current ralphie i mean like he he doesn't look a lot different well i mean obviously he looks older but he's still completely recognizable i mean a lot of people's faces completely change yeah yeah in a 39 year time frame he's yeah, he he still has a a youthful face, uh, maybe not quite exactly the same youthful face that he had before. Well, no, I mean he's got some lines and stuff, but he still looks like the same guy. Yeah, well, I mean, and just the general the like the distribution of of fat and uh, um, length and and width and all that stuff has has changed his looks a fair bit. Yeah, but he's but still, he is yes still recognizable still the same face, as Ralphie. Yeah, so. and the the blue eyes are still beautiful. Yes. Just, All right, you know. calm down. I'm just calm saying. Calm down. I'm just saying. Uh, and this movie was uh, co-produced by Vince Vaughn. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, hmm. And the movie. Tries real hard to re remind you of the original by having a lot of that voiceover um, and uh, a similar voiceover. Um, and of course, Gene Shepard um, was the not only the writer of the original material, but he was also the voice of a Christmas story, he was the narrator. Okay. Um, and they are, I don't know if he was trying to sound like Gene Shepard. I mean, he his voice really doesn't sound like Gene Shepard's, but... The delivery. Yeah, he his delivery was very, very similar mm-hmm. to the point where uh, at the end of the film, there is some narration that uh, Ralphie is doing that is the same as the beginning of a Christmas story mm-hmm. and they go from Ralphie's version to Gene Shepard's version and you know uh, some uh, brief video clip of the original film and they go together quite well mm-hmm. um, it's I think it's a very worthy sequel to um, a Christmas story 
and I this I, I think it's I think it's a fun film. But you don't have to have seen the original to enjoy this one. True. I think it helps if you have, because but <laughs> it's it, it can stand on its own. Well, and it helps to have some knowledge because uh, why is uh, you know he all excited about seeing all these guys at this bar um and you know why is why are flick and schwartz important to him Mm -hmm. um but having seen the original film and having some at least familiarity with the story i think makes this movie a bit more relatable and digestible because you'll get the jokes a little better and like when when ralphie does that <laughs> kind of mm. laugh um it takes you back to when he was a kid yeah uh so i i think i think that this is a movie that is um you benefit from being familiar with the christmas story well sure it helps yeah but it's not essential it isn't um it, it's just the story of a guy dealing with the death of his father and his own feeling like he's a failure yeah um and it it does it it works uh i it probably works well enough even if you haven't seen a christmas story yeah because honestly there's a lot about a christmas story that i don't remember because i I, we watched it the once and i haven't watched it since yeah i might be tempted to go back now and you know revisit and and be like oh yeah okay that's what that was oh okay scut farkas you know the whole all of that yeah it's uh um it's available to stream on hbo max um both a christmas story and a christmas story Christmas. christmas uh as well as the sequel uh that i think might be considered um the redheaded stepchild at the family reunion um but you know i I haven't seen it so it might it might be great i don't know yeah maybe that's another couple of hours we could spend over the weekend possibly um so anything else any other thoughts on a christmas story christmas nope i'm ready to rate it all right well we will do that right after we come back from this message Welcome back to Comedy Tragedy Marriage. We watched A Christmas Story Christmas. Um, The film has a 79 on Rotten Tomatoes, based on 43 critics. Uh, The site consensus is it isn't as much fun as an official Red Ryder carbine action 200-shot range model air rifle uh, with a compass in the stock. But uh, this, uh, but this thing that tells time, and, and this thing that tells time, uh, but a Christmas story, Christmas remains a sequel worth celebrating. Yeah. Despite my terrible reading of that, yeah. Metacritic has it at a fifty-five um, out of a hundred. Yeah, they're always hating. <laughs> uh, that's only from 10 critics and it indicates mixed or average reviews and of course it has no box office because it was released directly to uh streaming hbo max um 
something interesting about the production. Where where do you think this was shot? Um, I'm thinking Canada. How about Hungary and Bulgaria? What? <laughs> wow. That's where principal photography took place in late February of 2022. What? Uh, but Billingsley and the crew commissioned exact replicas of the house, which was depicted in the original film, as well as okay. the neighborhood. So, it... Uh, well, that, that made some budget. Yeah, uh, let me see if it has that a and like production budget. Ding dang, overseas shoots. Good grief. Well, it you know it costs some money to get there, but then labor's cheaper when you're I, over there. I guess. And there I may know. be some um, like tax incentive things that they are offered by the government. Oh, to, maybe because a lot of movies shoot in Eastern Europe. A lot of movies. Hmm. I did not know this. So, uh, tell me, what do you rate a Christmas story Christmas? I'm going to give it a solid four frozen flagpoles. Okay. Um, I, too, give it four uh, stars. It is, it is a, a, I thought it was a fun movie. It isn't anything that's going to... Um, stress you out no um it's uh and it is very christmas focused um so you know there, it it could be improved in some areas but overall it's a very pleasant experience and mm -hmm. i enjoyed watching a christmas story christmas yeah. with you oh what pray tell have you been watching oh let me pull up my handy dandy little notes because I actually watched a bunch of stuff. But I'm not going to go over everything. Um, <sighs> okay. So I went off on a late night um, jag after you had gone to bed one night. Um, I watched Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. Well, I watched that with you. That's right. You did. Um, from 1962. Um, I I'm glad to have seen it. It was fun. It was colorful. It was, you know, Mr. Magoo. Mm -hmm. So I, I enjoyed it. It was one that I had somehow, you know, n not seen when I was a child ever. So um, also, this was the late night part. Um, I found um, The Little Drummer Boy from mm -hmm. 1968, Rankin and Bass, Claymation, um, some cringy sort of... Um, it some things would be seen as racist now, um, but I love the story. I love the song, um, and it was very nostalgic and very sweet. And um, I loved it then, and I love it now. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> excuse me. Also, <clears throat> gosh, sorry. Um, that same night. I found um, Have a Little Faith. It is based, uh, it was made in 2012 based on Mitch Albom's book of the same name. Um, it is the story of his childhood rabbi 
who asks him to um, write his eulogy. And Mitch Album is like, what, are you dying? He's like, no, but I'm old and I want to, you know, I'm, I want to be thinking ahead. So they don't live in the same city any longer. Mitch Album has moved away and he's working um, for his big city newspaper as a sports writer at this time. And um, he um, goes back and forth um, to visit with his his old childhood rabbi to sort of get to know him um, in order to be able to write his eulogy. Well, those visits turn into a several years long and increasingly frequent visits as their relationship warms and they bond. Um, and um, it's very sweet. Um, Bradley Whitford plays Mitch Album. Martin Landau plays his um, his childhood rabbi. There's a secondary storyline as well that's going on at the same time. Um, and Lawrence Fishburne plays um, the minister pastor um, of a an inner city church in the city where Mitch Album lives and writes. Um, he is the preacher, he is the custodian, he runs a shelter there, um, and he has a whole backstory of um, prison, addiction, criminality, and um, he has a very compelling story of how he meets God. And um, he and Mitch Album cross paths and so there are these two stories kind of going on at the same time. It's just, it's a, the book was wonderful. Everything I've ever read by Mitch Album, I have loved. Um, and this book was no exception. I loved it. And I loved this movie as well. And I'm going to be digging around for, um, I will just be doing, um, our Roku lets us search by different kinds of criteria it will let me search Mitch album and mm -hmm. I will do that mm -hmm. and I will see if there's anything else that I can stream based on Mitch album's books because now I'm kind of jonesing for some more feel good well I'm sure Tuesdays with Maury is is somewhere in there yeah Hank Azaria actually starred in that one yeah that was yeah, I love was Hank Azaria um, so but yeah, just really good. And then I, I have streamed several holiday offerings on Hulu, and um, you know we can talk about those another time. Okay. Well, uh, a holiday thing I uh, streamed on Disney Plus is The Simpsons Meet the Bocellis. Who are the Bocellis? Andrea Bocelli. Oh God, really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Well, it's a short. It's only like three or four minutes that long. That is some serious cognitive dissonance there. And um, to be honest, I don't remember exactly what goes on there. I think... It was just I so mind-blowing that it blew your mind. I, I think that uh, he just shows up at the door with his with his kid does lisa play the saxophone with him while he sings no i don't think so oh that's too bad uh and uh but how bart did, isn't how did they the least that bart isn't the least bit interested in listening to him sing until well, he hears him sing and then it's like he's 
then he joins him in singing. Wow, man. Yeah. Um, it's weird, but mm-hmm. still entertaining. I, I enjoyed it. Um, and But, again, I <clears throat> can't remember what the story is because we recorded last week's episode. Um, a week and two days ago. Uh, yes, a little early. So I watched this, you know, because you were doing rehearsals for the Choral Society uh, and the Christmas concert that you did last week. So mm-hmm. I was watching that while you were doing the, that, and it, it it was a longer ago than I normally yeah. had watched something. Me too. Uh, but I recall enjoying it. It's but it's very short, um, you know, three four minutes. So <laughs> I think the credits the credits are almost as long as uh, the story itself. Yeah, you're, you're gonna have to pull this up for me after right. we finish recording because I got to see this trippiness. Um, I watched uh, a comedy special on Netflix called Tom Papa, What a Day. I saw a bit of this with you. I love Tom Papa, so he, is, he, he, is he very works fine. for me. He's very fun, uh, just talking about his life and his kids and uh, the pandemic um, and how his little girl went out and got a, a dog like filled out all the paperwork at the shelter by herself, he says, um, and brought home a pug uh, that he says is not a dog. Uh, it is uh, some sort of abomination created in a laboratory. Oh, quit it. Uh, and it, um, it's it got these eyes that bug out. And, well, yeah, because it's a pug. It doesn't, it's like it can't breathe. It's like it's, a, it's, like it's snoring when it's awake. Yeah. Um, and it, he's just very funny. A little bit of trivia. Pugs are actually a member of the toy breed. But they're they're the sturdiest, most badass members of the toy breed. Uh, but yeah, that's that's on uh, Netflix. It's called Tom Papa. What a day! He has other Netflix specials yeah. as well. So if you want to check out more of them, and also on Netflix, I watched Volcano Rescue from Fakari. Um, Fakari is an volcanic island off the coast of New Zealand. That, until the events of this, I believe in 2017 or 2018, uh, had regular tours on boat and helicopter mm-hmm. going out to see it. Because it was an active volcano, but it didn't, it didn't explode. I mean, it didn't have constantly roiling lava like... Um, like what you see in Hawaii. It wasn't a pressure cooker, it was a crock pot. Um, well, I wouldn't agree with that considering what happened. Um, well, but I mean, it, obviously it became a pressure cooker. A, a couple of tours were on the island and um, it, it has this lake uh, because uh, hydro, uh, it creates a lake of hydro, um, um, Thermally heated water. Well, it's 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 acidic water. Like will oh, okay. burn you acidic water. Uh, hydrochloric sw- acid. That's what I was trying. We to don't want to swim there. Uh, no, um, and it constantly is belching steam. And there's sulfur 
that makes these uh -huh. yellow and orange deposits all over this island. Oh, and it smells delightful, I'm sure. Yeah, and actually everybody who goes there has to wear a mask yeah. once you get closer to the crater because it uh, because of the noxious gases. The steam would burn you if you breathed it. Yeah, well, uh, it erupted while people were standing on the edge of um, the crater. How many casualties? Um, I don't remember the exact number, but I think it was somewhere in the neighborhood of 22. Uh, and a number of people were severely injured, uh -huh. including some of the people they talked to uh, who survived the event. Uh, one 17-year-old uh, lost his father, mother, and sister. Oh, gosh. Um, a uh, tour, uh, one of the people who, you know, gave the guided tours of the island was severely burned and like her arms were all you know scorched and everything mm. a a couple on their honeymoon um who had been on a cruise ship um and that stopped in new zealand were on the island and they were severely injured Ugh. uh and there's some video that was taken by people who were there at the when it happened uh -huh from their cell phones, but a lot of that gets very chaotic and, yeah. and some of it's recreated, but there's some audio from that video That's that is disturbing. Just, it, it, it is uh, very sad, um, but you know, it's, it's just this, this oddly timed thing that happens that people don't expect and all of a sudden their lives are either completely destroyed or significantly changed. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, it's about a 90 minute documentary called Volcano Rescue from Fakari and it, well, Fakari is spelled W-H-A-K-A-A-R-I but uh, the um, the Maori people pronounce, pronounce it Fakari. Fakari. So uh, while a lot of English speakers call it Wakari, and the island itself is referred to as White Island because that's what the English called it, mm. uh, but it's uh, it's it's referred to by the the locals as Wakari. So um, I found it endlessly fascinating. It's uh, and very sad. Uh, it's it's. They really ramp up the tension through, and you know, and then there's this. It took it takes what do they say 90 minutes to get there by boat, and you've got boats full of people who are burned mm. significantly, steam burns, um, uh, with their skin peeling off, oh, and gosh. It, it and they had to endure a ride back on a boat on choppy seas and it, it just seemed it just seemed like oh, that's awful. the very very worst possible thing so Ugh. um but yeah so I, fun little watch is kinda, what you're saying kind of yeah. uh it's yeah it's it's a difficult watch but it is very interesting to hear these people talking about their experiences the ones that survived mm -hmm. Uh, and the people who lost people 
on the island. Yeah. So uh, check it out. Volcano Rescue from Vakari on Netflix. Uh, and, oh, uh, Discovery Plus has a show that I think just started. It's called Body Cam EMT. It's oh. where um, um, emergency medical transport people have uh, body cams that they're wearing. They're, this particular episode was in Houston. I don't know if they're all set in Houston. Yeah. Um, but um, they had just started with body cams at from this in Houston, um, and they go they show three different um, calls that they go out on, and uh, I found that really interesting. I um, would find that interesting too. Um, I, I'm hoping it is a, uh, a a new series. And they just dropped the one episode, and that may be it. I don't know. It might be a pilot that didn't really do anything. But, uh, yeah, that's on Discovery+. Plus. It's called Body Cam EMT. If um, that sort of emergency medical stuff interests you, like um, when they have cameras that go into emergency rooms at hospitals, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I find that stuff interesting, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you might want to check that out on Discovery+. Plus. Anything else? We just watched The Grinch. Oh, yes, we did watch The Grinch. How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the My original. My heart grew three sizes today. Uh, the original animated uh, version with Boris Karloff providing the voice and the narration. The real Grinch. The real Grinch. And um, June Foray is... Uh, Little Cindy, Cindy Lou Who. Why are you taking our Christmas tree? Why? And uh, Max and the roast beast. And yeah, it, it's it's the ting tinglers and the fuzz wuzzlers and yeah, all the things. I'm really glad we watched it with the uh, with closed captions. captions because it's I've have seen that. I've seen the How the Grinch Stole Christmas probably two dozen times, maybe more, and a lot of those words I had no idea what he was saying, and now that I've seen them, I kind of still have no idea what he's saying. Of course, they're all made-up toy it's words. It's language. Yeah, it's Seuss, yeah, Seuss language. So. I need to actually get the book down at the library and see how... I mean, obviously, the songs are not included. Right. But there's a lot of, you know, the Seuss language that is in the book because, yeah. you know, Boris Karloff is reading the text of the book. And, and they also padded it because I, it probably would not if you did a word-for-word script of it, probably would not It wouldn't have filled up the half hour. a 30-minute yeah. uh, special. But, um, which, is <laughs> which is why trying to turn The Grinch into a movie, which has been done twice now, <sighs> live action with Jim Carrey and then animated uh, with Benedict Cumberbatch providing the voice. It's just... It, there's... There's if it not, ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, that, and there's really not enough there. Are you going to turn the Grinch into... I mean, he he's a bad guy who gets redeemed in the end. He, you know... And you, if you go by what 
Dr. Seuss wrote in the book, um, there's just not a lot there. Well, yeah, it's a children's so, book. It's short. Exactly. So uh, people need to quit trying to make The Grinch into a 90-minute movie. See, here's the thing. If you're going to monkey with The Grinch and try to, like, blow it up like that, here's a thought. Grinch the opera. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me now. If you if you definitely want people not to see it, that's the way to do it. No. Uh, yeah. My I, music nerd friends would be all up in that. Well. Uh, and there's more of us out there than you think. Well, perhaps, but I don't know that there's enough to mount a stage production of the Grinch opera. Now, somebody did uh, make a horror movie out of the Grinch using uh, the Jim Carrey Grinch as a template. Uh, it was called mean one and mm-hmm. and the Grinch becomes this murder murderous psychopath Oof, who no and and they they based it definitely on Jim Carrey's Grinch because of the way the Grinch looks it's live action mm-hmm. and they've got this guy all made up um, and he looks a lot like uh, Jim Carrey's Grinch and yeah the way that's he not moves, okay he doesn't speak and he's never referred to as the Grinch because they don't have the rights to use that. But apparently they could use the image um, and... Probably and, altered and, just and, enough. And sell it as parody, yes. even though apparently it wasn't very funny nor very good. Um, it That's was, shocking. It was in theaters for a brief time, and I considered seeing it, but it was like, eh, nah. I'll just be disappointed by it. Yeah. So. But anyway, yeah. It, don't. Just don't try anymore. Just stop. Just let, let what is already out there be out there. And just, you know, just leave the Grinch alone. Let him, you know, live in his little mountain. Unless cave. you want to make an opera, in which case I'm there for it. Okay. You, you go and I'll not. Uh, All right. Well, that takes care of it for this episode of Comedy Tragedy Marriage. We are going to take the next two weeks off. So uh, you'll have to make do by listening to the back catalog, uh, of which there are over 150 episodes so uh, or more. So please, uh, if you haven't, please check out those older episodes. Get caught up. Yeah. Uh, And then, but we'll be back in two weeks. So um, with. Um, no theme that can be discerned. So Not yet, anyway. Well, no. Um, probably not at all. Assuming we survive Snowpocalypse that's coming this weekend. Oh, gosh, whatever. <laughs> well, you know, Knoxville, Tennessee, we're not used to getting an inch of snow. And we're also not used to it being seven degrees. No, it's gonna um, be it's gonna be frickin' cold. Yeah. I mean, we may not see a flake, but it's gonna be dang cold. Yeah. So, um, and I know there are a lot of places across the country that are gonna be much much colder. We're just not built for it. We're not used to it. That's right. So, um, but I hear hoping everybody stays safe and well. That you have a very merry Christmas and a safe and happy New Year. Uh, please join us the next time we get together on Comedy Tragedy Marriage. 
You can find us on um, Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Amazon Music. Pretty much any place that you get podcasts, you can find us there. Um, and also, if you would be so kind to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, that helps more people find us. So that is a big help to us. If you have a, su a suggestion for a movie for us to watch, you can send us the name of what it is and why you think we should watch it and send it to comedytragedymarriage at gmail.com. Uh, you can also send us that information by uh, clicking on the link and leaving us a voice message in the description of this episode. I am Stan the Movie Man. That is Maude the Movie Broad. Love you. Love you. Ho, ho, ho. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Christmas blessings. And, um, and happy Festivus to the rest of us. And be safe in the new year. Yes. And until next time. Later. later. Yay!